They're coming from Birmingham, Alabama. They drove all the way here, and we're so happy to have you. Oh, man, love you so much. Love you so much. Wow. Amen. Praise God. This is my lovely wife, Selena. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Kara, for having us. Thank you, PDV, the place to be. Love that, brother. That's awesome. Man, you know, um, you just, uh, you hear that and you don't know. Right? Remember, there's only two things on this planet that are eternal. It's the word of God and the hearts of men. And what we do with the word of God and the hearts of men is what Jesus was talking about when he said, you will lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Amen. Where moth and rust do not corrupt and the thief can't break in and steal. And, and he's talking about that. Right. And sometimes you don't know. You just, you just don't know. You're just being you. Right. You're just showing up where you can show up. Amen. And just putting everything freely given freely into another and you just never can tell where God will take that right so remember that church remember that family amen that you get a chance today to do something with the two eternals you get to sow the word of God into the hearts of men and you get to plant things that literally uh, Peter in his letter says that father is building for himself a city we call it heaven but he says he he's building it not with material from here he's building it with what he says is living stones right he's building it with people right that's what he's building heaven with he's uh not really concerned you know i know we we hear all these analogies and they're and they're good analogies from the apostle john obviously about streets of gold and gates of pearl and alabaster walls and stones and all this kind of stuff but but remember john was just uh he was just trying to do the best he could to describe something that's indescribable right but what he was saying was is man there are people there right there are people there he says, some of those people are foundational stones. We know their names, Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Matthew, right? Uh, Simon the Zealot. I love that. He was a terrorist. Al-Qaeda. Amen. <laughs> I love that, right? And, and, but God is building for himself a place, and he's building it with people. Amen. He's building it not with things, but with you. Amen. And you get to help bring resources to heaven so God can keep building. Do you understand that? Amen. You get to take you and put you into somebody else. And what you do is you convert someone into a building block of heaven. And you transform someone from being, as Paul said to the Corinthians, a mere human into being a God-filled, God-lived, God-worn, God-inspired, God-indwelled building block of heaven that will bring others to their king and to their savior. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. That's who you are, and that's what you'll do. Yeah. Amen? I'm sorry. I get, you better say something. She's, she's prettier than I am. Amen? How do I follow that? I thought, well, he's already preaching his message. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even the message yet, but praise God. A little brother is never a third wheel. Hey, never, never, never. Ever, Amen. ever, ever. So I just wanted to say this has been an amazing yes. morning already. I, I asked Brad, do I have raccoon eyes? I've been ugly crying all morning <laughs> during worship just to see um, God's faithfulness here. Amen. A lot of times Amen. we just, oh, your faithfulness to me, Father. But looking around, I'm just like, his faithfulness to this house. Amen. His faithfulness yes. to these guys and yes. their family. Oh, yes. I just, I was bawling. I was just like, oh. So cool. And so just to see his faithfulness um, in the way he designed things to work. One short time connection making so such an impact. That's humbling. We had no idea. We were just hanging out. We're just hanging out and having fun. <laughs> For real. And that takes me to, to just something I want to say. You know, the kingdom's not about striving. Amen. I know we talk a lot about being intentional, and we really need to be intentional about so many things. Family being one of them, which is what we love. That's like our wheelhouse. But there's other things that you just, you don't need to do. You just need to be. And Amen. as you are, the Lord can flow freely through Amen. and around and for all the things, Amen. all the things. And, you know, he is a sovereign God, so he orchestrates things in such a beautiful way. 
And so Amen. don't like strive. It's not about striving. It's just about Amen. being, being. And yes, you know, he drops things on your heart to be intentional about. And you go, oh, okay, I'll be intentional about that. Amen. But I just love, I love to see his faithfulness Amen. in this house. Amen. So I, that's all I had on my Amen. heart to Praise say good God. morning and nice to meet you all. And I think my kids have introduced themselves here and there and the other, but it's just neat to, to be here to, God has already ministered to us so much Amen. in the last couple of days, so much. So we're just, we're right there with you. We're just soaking it all in. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, as, as I'm wont to do, I don't ever like to stand on those things. So can I come down here? And I like to wander. I like to get close to you and look at you and, and see you. Uh, you know, Jesus uh, loved being around people. Amen. He loved, uh, he loved closeness, right? He never liked to distance. Amen. Because you can't, uh, you know, you can't touch what you're not willing to look at. And you can't touch what you're not willing to get close to. Amen. And you got to be willing to get close and look at stuff, right? And um, is this all right? Amen. To see. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 I just look around just a little bit just to make sure there's so much flooding. I, the Apostle Paul spoke to the Roman church and he said, I've longed to be with you uh, so that I might impart something into you. You know, and they asked us and told us to come, and for weeks since we've known we were coming, that's just been my whole, that verse has rolled, and I've longed to be here with you today so that we might have a chance to impart something into you. Amen. 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 Y'all will get y'all's tomorrow probably. Amen. As we hang out, because um, i got to ask you a few questions first, make sure I'm not wrong. You know, you can miss it, and don't be afraid to miss it. Amen. Just try anyway. Amen. But I just want to take a minute and look and see and look at folks' eyes before we get into the Word and make sure there's not anything that God doesn't want to do. And I always kind of just watch, I kind of watch and check and see things out. And when you keep getting drawn back to things again and again, you just take a nudge and follow it, right? Hey, brother, my name's Brad. Mike, nice to meet you. Is this your first time here? Hey, man, I'm sorry to pick you out on a first-time meeting. Uh, but, uh, you know, please come back and know that this is just me being weird. Uh, but, uh, but God knows where you are, brother. Man, when, when uh, I don't know how, it, I caught you out of the corner of my eye by the, by the, by the Spirit of the Lord. And, um, and, you know, you don't have to be tough. You don't have to be. Amen. Um, but, um, but you know, I just want you to know he knows exactly where you are. He knows, um, he knows what you're desiring and asking and hunting and seeking and if you'll uh, if you'll just trust him and just look to him and say okay God I'll be bold enough to follow I'll be bold enough to walk with you and journey with you um, then he's gonna take you places he's gonna he's gonna fulfill the things you've been asking him for privately but he's gonna open up whole new worlds that you've uh, only dared to imagine right but just trust him. Will you do that? And I just want you to, and he did that just so he goes, I see you. And you can't hide. <laughs> Amen. And you can't sneak in. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just praise the Lord for that, if you will, this morning. Lord, we love you. Amen. Amen. We love you and we praise you and we honor you, Father. Amen. Remember, when we go to honor the Lord, uh, we get to do something that we don't get to do for humans. Amen. We get to raise our hands. Amen. We get to acknowledge him and say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Father, you are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Amen. You are the high priest of my heart. Amen. You are more than anything. You are the best friend of my soul. And I'm so grateful for you and so thankful for you. Thank you for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go please to the book of Romans, if you will. And I'll be mindful. This will be my first time doing this two-service thing, so y'all have patience with me. Um, but Romans chapter 12, but just, just couldn't escape these thoughts as I thought of you all and knew we were coming. Uh, and, and, and Father just put these thoughts recurring and recurring. And again, for those of you who hunger and desire to share and to minister, uh, just do that as God will put stuff in you and it'll stick. 
and you just can't escape it, and it just won't leave you alone. Uh, one of my favorite little uh, names for the Holy Spirit is that he's called the bloodhound of heaven. Amen. And he'll just, he'll just get nose to the ground and he'll go after you, right? But he'll also begin to just stick stuff in you and it just won't go away. It just won't leave. It just, you'll try to run and it'll pop up again, right? I mean, it'll just keep coming up and just trust those things and know that that's where he's got you going and where he's taking you. But here in, in Romans chapter 12, Paul says in the first verse, I beg you, therefore, my brothers, by the mercies of God, that you would present or bring your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and that is just your reasonable service. And do not be conformed or molded or pressed into the form of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And now this is the whole reason that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Everybody say the will of God. Amen. God has a will. Did you know that? Amen. And all we mean by the will is it's his desires, it's his wants, his expectations, his imaginations for us. Did you know that? God has a will. Many times we hear that and we hear it especially in connection to children. Anybody got any strong-willed kids? <laughs> Amen. We got, we got one in our, they're, they're not in here so I can pick on them. Amen. Uh, and so, but we, we got one, our, our second born for Selena and I, Savannah. Uh, she was been our strong willed child. And it's so funny. Uh, Sophia, who you met here just a minute ago, she's, uh, the first born of us, but she was always the one that she would look at you and say, sure, dad, I'd be glad to, and then never do it. Right. Um, but Savannah was the one you'd say, Hey, do this. And just look at you and go, no, not even going to pretend, right, that she's going to try. She's nine I ain't doing that. And then you have to work with her and stuff. So uh, there, there's some, we hear the word will and we can think of that like it's this hard, obstinate, strong-willed thing. But that's not, that's not God's will for you. Right? Are you with me? His will for your life, as Paul said, it's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. This, this morning as, as we speak and share, I, I just felt in my heart that some of you here, um, you, you have thought one of two things, either that God's will was hard to understand and it was a mysterious thing, it was smoke and mirrors, and God was hiding it from you. Amen. But he's not doing that. Amen. He's very clear about his will and he wants you to know his will live his will, enjoy his will, and dwell in his will. Amen. So everybody say this. Say, the will of God, will of God is, easy is easy to know. Amen. He's not hiding. Amen. But there's others there that uh, you, because of things you've heard about the will of God, you've been slow to want to yield to the will of God. You've been slow. You've been kind of like, eh, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But remember, and this is what I want to talk to is, is the will of God is what? It's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. Now, again, that's not three types. If I can just kind of pop a little bit of a sacred cow. Uh, if you grew up in church like I did, you're always taught that there are three kind of levels to the will of God. There's, there's the good will of God. Then if you're a little bit better boy or girl in the Christian world, you can get to the acceptable will of God, <laughs> right? And if you're an A student, five star, all the little gold stars, you get to the perfect will of God. And remember that in the perfect will of God, everything's provided there, everything is safe there, everything, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and just, blah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Are you with me? No, there's just the will of God. And these are not talking about levels of the will of God. These are descriptors of his will. His will is good. Remember what Jesus said, that if we as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does the Lord know how to give good things to you? Amen. How much more? So see, the will of God is good. It's good. Say that. Say, it's good. The will of God is good. Amen. The will of God is acceptable. That means it's easy to accept. 
Does that make sense? Can, can I just be, be, be funny here just for a second, try to let the medicine go down a little bit of sugar? Amen. You know, I, I used to think that, you know, I, I call it this, that I used to grow up in a doctrine of God as the God of opposite world, right? That, that you knew it was the will of God when you didn't want to do it. Yep. Yep. Anybody else grow up in that world, right? That you, you, you thought that I know it's when it's the will of God. And that's why you were told, hey, listen, listen, whatever you do, man. What's your name again, brother? Austin. Oh, whatever you do, Austin, man, listen, never say you don't want to go to Africa. Yep. Never say that. Yep. Right? Never. Yep. Because what happens if you say, I don't want to go to Africa? God's going to send you to Africa, right? Because he's, he's like the God of opposite world, right? He's going to, that's how you know. I don't want to do it. I'm going to send them right there just to teach them a lesson, right? See, I used to always think, man, God, I, I don't want to marry the ugly girl, right? Because that was, amen. And we'll maybe talk about that and praise God I didn't, Amen. Are you with, but, but the will of God is acceptable. That means it's easy to accept. When you understand the will of God, the will of God is acceptable. You're like, yeah, yeah, I want that. Does that make sense? Remember what Paul said, I believe, to the Philippian church. It says, God who loves us and gives us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Amen? See, when God puts something in your life, he gives you both the will, the want to, and the do to do the thing that is pleasurable from him. Aren't you glad about that? Did you know God designed you and I to live more a life of play than he did a life of work? <laughs> that, God, that God designed us to live more a life of play than he did a life of work. Because when we follow the acceptable will of God, then the thing he's asking us to do is a whole lot more like play than it is like work. Because aren't you glad? I mean, can I just, is this all right, man? Okay, hi, here we go. Because like, again, this is how, you know, I... Can I just be real raw just for a second? You know, I've been, been doing this kind of preaching thing for a long time. I'm almost 50 years old. I started when we were 20-something way back in Mexico, so we've been doing this for a spell. One of the things that aggravates me the most is when you hear, and, and hopefully I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings, but, you know, is, but is, you know, you hear a preacher stand up and go, well, I didn't even want to be a preacher. You ever heard that before? <laughs> Again, back to opposite world. You know, it's like, I, you know, God had to drag me kicking and screaming into the ministry, right? If you hear that from, from a well-intended preacher, run. <laughs> For real, run. Because if they don't want to be there, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Hello, if you're not having a good time, I ain't having a good time either, right? Because if I'm not enjoying bringing you the word of God, you're not going to enjoy receiving the word of God. Because the will of God is acceptable. It's not a chore. It's not a burden. Right? It will be, you will gladly sacrifice for it. Gladly. Amen. Are you with me? So we have to change some of this. It also says that the will of God is perfect. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be perfect in it. You don't have to do it perfectly. That word perfect throughout the New Testament means complete and mature. That means the will of God for our life will make us complete and it will make us mature. So the will of God is good. The will of God is acceptable. The will of God will complete and mature you in a way that nothing else will. Now, who wants to do the will of God? Amen. Who desires the will of God? Amen. Now let's talk about this because the will of God, many times when we hear a preacher or a pastor or whatever uh, talk about this, we always talk about that stuff, like the spooky stuff, right? The unknowns. What's your name again, brother? Nick. Nick. Very good, Nick. And so it's, it's like, you know, Nick, right, it's like this whole, I don't know, right? I mean, because nowhere in the Bible does it say Brad Holloman on what is today, March the... 27th of 2022 you're going to be at pdv the place to be <laughs> preaching to this i can't find that you know i can't even find my name in the bible that says brad 
I mean, in the Spanish Bible, we jokingly say, together we're, they were celebrad, right? It's Selena and Brad, it's, it's together, right? <laughs> That's the closest I can get to being in the Bible, right? So listen to me, what happens when we teach on the will of God is people instantly go to the unclear first. They're looking for, Lord, show me the unclear, show me the things I don't know. And we never start there, we always start with what is clear. Because from a place of clarity, God will lead us into the things that are unknown to us. But we always start from the known first, and then we move into the unknown. And the reason why I firmly believe that many believers never walk into what God has for their life is they're lost in the search of the unclear. They're lost in the search of the unclear instead of beginning from the place of clarity and from clarity letting God light your path forward and then you just take steps forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Because what you hold in your hand via a paper version, digital version, whatever version, the Word of God, the Bible, is the expressed and clear will of God. Amen. And I want to show you something here and, and highlight some things in this because about the will of God, go to Ephesians chapter 5. There are a few passages and there's about six of them that I wrote down. We won't go to all six today. We're going to kind of camp out in one. Where did I tell you to go? Ephesians. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to look at this because there's a few places in the Bible where it says, now this is the will of God. How cool is that? Anybody, anybody here, you're asking, Lord, I just want to know your will. Anybody have that prayer lately? Lord, just show me your will. Show me your will, God. Amen. We're going to look at the fact where it says, and this is the will of God. So you can come to church saying, I found the will of God. Man, I'm right. I'm in the will of God. It says here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Paul says, so see then that you walk circumspectly. That just means carefully. It means aware of the circumstances. Don't be asleep at the wheel, right? So live life awake, not as a foolish person, but as a wise person, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And then verse 17 says, therefore, and jokingly, as you hear preachers say, every time you see a therefore, you need to know what it's there for, right? So therefore... Because you are wise and not a fool, because you're not asleep at the wheel, you're awake. Therefore, don't be un unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Can I just stop here real quick? Do you understand that understanding the will of God is how you redeem time? How do you redeem time? You can't buy time with money, right? You can't buy time with effort. Okay, I'm going to go over this side. You can't buy time <laughs> with effort. How do you redeem? And that word redeem there, Paul, means it's like the pawn shop redeem. Anybody ever hawked anything in the pawn shop before? Don't raise your hand. But, it's a, <laughs> but anyway, if you ever hawked anything at a pawn shop, you know, they give you a redemption ticket and you go back and you redeem it. You can redeem, you can buy time, but how do you buy time? You buy time by understanding the will of God. So when you understand what God's will is, you've literally redeemed the time because the days are evil. Amen. And so what is then the will of God here? Understand the will of God. Verse 18. So therefore, and don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. We could say it like this. Don't be given to anything. Right? We all understand addiction, right? Addiction runs rampant in our culture. From alcoholism to drug addiction to shopping addiction. I know we're in good Christian circles. Can I pick on our addictions to sugar addictions, food addictions? Hey, shh, I know, shh, you know. Right? We always, there's the, both the socially acceptable and the unsocially acceptable addictions. What's that? Coffee. Yeah, we ain't going there. That's why I left that one off. Right? I left, I left that one off. I'm treading lightly. That's right. <laughs> Are you with? But here we can say like this, don't be given to anything except being filled with the Spirit. What is the will of God that we become addicted, swept up in, captured by 
being filled with his spirit. See, that's a good addiction. Being addicted to being filled with the spirit. Right? To let myself say, Lord, I desire more than ever. I love, we were, we were at the minister's conference this, this weekend as well, and what Miss Aubrey Mack shared, I hadn't heard it in years, but so good, that, Lord, you would wear me like a glove. That you would be so inside of me that I am consumed with who you are. Amen. Does that make sense? So this is one of, what's the will of God? Being filled with the Spirit. If you're here today and you've never been baptized or filled with the Spirit of God, today's your day. Amen. All of our, our Bethel supernatural people, you need to get ready in your hearts to pray over people to be baptized and filled with the Spirit. Amen. Can y'all do that for me, please? Y'all can get the privilege to do that here in just a little bit. Amen. Not right now. I still got a few minutes. Amen. <laughs> but just getting you ready. But if you're here, what do we mean by that, Brad? Well, remember that there are two works of the Holy Spirit that will come upon every human being that is willing to do so. The first work of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of the Spirit into the person of Jesus Christ. We call that work the work of salvation, the work of regeneration. Jesus just said, yeah, I like what he says, it's called being born again. Now, not to be weirded out by that, because that's become weird in our culture. You know what Jesus actually said? You need to be born from heaven. I love that. When he says you were born again, he says, I need you to be born from where I'm from. Right? And the Holy Spirit baptizes you into heaven itself. Amen. And the first filling of the Spirit is he fills you with heaven. Hallelujah. He fills you with the kingdom of God. He fills you with the goodness of God. He fills you with the love of God. He fills you with the mercy of God. He fills you with the very essence and DNA and nature of God, as Peter said in his letter, through the promises that came to us, those precious promises in Christ Jesus. You have therefore become a partaker of God's divine nature. Did you know you can change your DNA? Amen. Did you know you can change your family tree? Hallelujah. See, see, in the natural, in this earth, I came from a family tree of womanizing alcoholics. That's where, I, that's where Brad came from, right? My granddaddy would cheat on my grandmama and would take my daddy on his little visits to his girlfriends and leave him in the car. And my daddy would get out of the car and peek in the window and get a free show. And therefore then did the same thing to my mother, therefore then passed it on in a natural sense to me. And I had a child out of wedlock that I abandoned, that God restored to me. I was not what I needed to be or wanted to be. Amen. But praise God. Amen. A new nature, a divine nature comes. And now i got a new family tree. See, there's God and then there's me. Amen. There's God. And then there's me. You know, that's what can happen with you. The first baptism of the Spirit is the baptism into the family tree of God. And you can cut out all that middle stuff that used to mess you up. <laughs> Amen. That's a whole other summon for a whole other day. But the second baptism and infilling and working of the Spirit is it says the Spirit desires to come upon you. And that the Spirit desires to rest upon you and reside upon you in the expression of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as Paul said. To make you a witness, not just, yes, of the gospel, but more importantly, to make you a witness of the living Savior himself. To make you a representation of Christ in this earth. He wants to rest on you like he rested on Jesus when he came out of his water baptism in the River Jordan and that dove came down. He wants to settle on your life like he settled on Christ's life. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the other baptism. Amen. And here Paul says the will of God is that we be filled with his spirit. And I love actually one translation says that it's a perpetual continuous filling. That you be being filled. Amen. Because that's just how God is, y'all. Amen. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Amen. Did you know God is like sloppy generous? Did y'all know that? God is just like sloppy generous. Like, you know, like if we had a glass here and I could fill it up, he'd just keep dumping. And he'd just keep dumping. 
and he'd just keep dumping and he'd make a big mess all over the floor that would turn into a puddle, into a small creek, into a river that flows out and waters the desert because he just is like excessive. But here's the thing, he's excessive with himself. That's what Paul is saying, that you desire that from your life he would continually pour and pour and pour and pour and pour of himself out through your vessel. Amen. And it would roll out of your life into the world around you and it would roll out into your workplace, into your home place, into your education place, into whatever space you occupy, that he would roll out of you. Amen. See, that's God's desire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, that's all very inspirational, praise God. I hope so. I get inspired. Amen. But inspiration without application is useless. <laughs> Amen. We just go leave here and go, yay, that was awesome. The dude from Alabama was funny. Yay. <laughs> Amen. But here, God continues and he shows us then, okay, then what does that look like? Right? Remember, as you're reading through Scripture, you're always looking for two types of passages. There are passages that tell you what the gospel is and what the gospel did. And then there's the passages that say, and this is what it'll look like in your life. Right? So here, the gospel is you being filled with the Spirit of God. That is the gospel. That God didn't want to just... God just wanted to live with you. Did you know that? He just wanted to move into your life. Amen. But not like a bad roommate kind of move in. <laughs> right? Not take up space. Amen. Cost you. Uh, but more like a marriage, a union where you and Jesus became so one that there's really no telling the difference between you. Yeah. I always jokingly say if I had a superpower like all these Marvel movies... My superpower would be this, is to be able to separate your spirit and your flesh and your soul from one another for a second and let you look at your spirit so you can see exactly how much like Jesus you actually look like. Because if I could peel back your soul and your flesh from your spirit, you and Jesus are identical twins. Just for a second, for you to see how much like Christ you actually are. Amen. So that's what the gospel is. Now, what will the gospel produce? Paul says. And this is an interesting thing because here then Paul practically unpacks what spirit-filled living looks like. He says, so therefore then, don't be drunken with wine, be filled with the spirit, verse 19, and speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. See, spirit-filled living is worshipful living what does spirit filled look like you are a worshipful person and can i and, and all the team did a great job up here love the worship we had but please that was just the first time this week you get to do that see when we gather together as a church family we do things for the first time each week together isn't that cool we worship for the first time together. We open the word of God for the first time together. We give for the first time together. We pray for the first time together, but it shouldn't be the last time. Are you with me? Amen. See, spirit-filled living is worshipful living. You're just worshiping. Amen. You're singing songs, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. You should just... You should just whistle while you work. You, you should just sing all the time. Amen. It should just come out of you and just do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Marvelous and majestic is the God of gods. Hallelujah. Merciful and righteous is he. Amen. He is my father and my friend. Amen. What is that? That's just a song. Oh, come on now. Are you with me? Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Amen. That's not just for church, you know. 
Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your voice. Because there's a lion in your lungs. So come on and praise the Lord. Amen. You don't have to be good at it. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Like David said, amen, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Like you said in another place, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Come on. That's just, that's just, what does that look like every day? You worshiping God, being worshipful all throughout every day with a song. And I love that. Paul repeats it to the Colossians church. He tells the Colossians as well. Hey, listen. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, he says. And he says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You understand that the word of Christ dwelling in you richly will produce music from you audibly. That's good. I'm going to say it one more time. I never said that before. Amen. That the word of Christ dwelling in you richly will produce worship from you audibly. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Come on. Amen. You remember there's a story in Acts chapter 16 that Paul and Silas, two of our apostles from history, they were sent by the Spirit of God into a region of their world to preach the gospel. Amen. And they weren't well received. Right? I mean, at least y'all are nice. Like, you know, if I'm doing a bad job right now, y'all just going to sit there and go, when is he, when's he going to shut up? The people they went to, they kind of got all upset, so they picked up sticks and beat the crap out of them. That's what they did. They, it says they, they, they beat them profusely with rods. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad y'all are nicer than those folks. Amen? <laughs> beat them profusely with rods and then threw them into the Philippian jailer's jail. Amen? It says with their backs... And their arms and their legs, maybe their face beaten, amen, they were in stocks, in prison. And I love this, and it says, and at the midnight hour. You know, Brother Hagin, who taught us so much all those years ago, used to say this, and I think he was so right. You know, I think literally that was the midnight hour on the clock. But I think also figuratively that can be the midnight hour of your life. That dark time, that dark place when you're all alone and you feel most worried and stressed and anxious and concerned and you're at the midnight hour of your life. It says Paul and Silas at the midnight hour, backs bleeding and, and beaten. It says they prayed and sang praises unto God. And the other prisoners heard them. Why? Because they were spirit-filled. They were filled with the Spirit of God. But listen to me. Your Spirit-filled singing has the power to shake the earth and loose the captive. Because when they prayed and sang in that midnight hour, it says an earthquake literally came, popped everybody's bonds off, opened every door, freed every prisoner because someone was willing to just be Spirit-filled in the middle of the midnight hour. Does that make sense? So what does it look like? Man, you're singing all the time. Amen. You're praising God. My wife is, and I'll say, so say, when's the two best times to praise the Lord? When you feel like it and when you don't. Amen. Two best times to praise the Lord is when you feel like it. Why? Because you're spirit-filled. Remember what he said earlier in our passage? He said, walk circumspectly. Walk aware of the circumstances. Amen. So that means whether it's going good, I sing. Or whether it's going bad, I sing. Why? Because I am a spirit-filled person. Amen. Now that's enough to shout right there and we could go home, but Paul keeps going. He says this in verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, being spirit-filled is being thankful. Hallelujah. Actually, if you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, around the 18th verse, if I'm not remembering wrong, he says, and this is the will of God, that you are thankful. Praise God. There's another one. Who wants to know what the will of God is? Look at your neighbor and say, thank you. You just live the will of God. 
Amen. And I want you to do this for real. I want you to look. If you know the person sitting next to you, I want you to look at them and say, thank you for, and fill in the blank. Look at them and say, hey, thank you for, and fill in the blank. Amen. Yeah, and if I saw that, and if you're married to them, kiss them. Amen. Because you get to. Amen. Praise God. Why? Because that's what being spirit-filled looks like. See, being spirit-filled is being thankful. Amen. Thankful in the middle of all things. Amen. Being thankful. Holla. Did you, do you understand? It says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, Paul speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says on the night that Christ was betrayed, when he was at the last and great supper, it says that he took the bread and he took the the cup and he gave thanks for them now he wasn't praying for the meal do you realize that he was there and he took the bread that he knew would represent what they would do to his body and he said I am thankful I get to be the bread I am thankful that I get to fill the cup Amen. So you just thought you had a bad day. <laughs> right, Brother James? You just thought it was going rough. They ain't killed you yet. Right? I mean, <laughs> but here's Jesus walking towards, and he says, I'm thankful. See, I've often wondered if that's not why it says, and for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. You know what makes you joyful? Being thankful. Amen, are you with me? Thankfulness. But finally, and I didn't even want to get to, to those ones necessarily. They're good. But this last one, the reason why this one strikes me so much is, A, Paul goes on to explain it more than he did the other two. Right? And anytime somebody takes the time to explain something in greater detail, it's because it's the greater principle they're trying to elaborate on. Right, so Paul explains the next one, and also you know it's the greater one because it's one of the most misunderstood in Christendom. And so anytime you see a ton of confusion on stuff, it's because the devil's trying to get in and meddle with something. But he says this, the spirit-filled life looks like, verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Then Paul goes on and he expounds on what submission looks like by giving us three life contexts. He says, like a husband and a wife, like a parent and a child, like a master and a servant, or we might say an employer and an employee. Now listen to me. He, he says, but first, the spirit-filled life is a submissive life. The spirit-filled life is one that recognizes I have a place, right? And all through my life, I have to know where my role is and where my place is so I know how to be what he has always wanted me to be. See, submission isn't suppression, subjugation, right? Submission doesn't look like I've got somebody under my thumb. I mean, I'm watching the brother with the affliction shirt on, and I appreciate that. It doesn't look like MMA, Right, submission isn't I'm choking somebody out, trying to get them to tap out. Right, that's not submission, that's a submission hold. It works well in the ring, it doesn't work well in marriage. Right, I mean, and so, <laughs> right, because she knows where you sleep. Right, <laughs> anyway, that's a joke, but does, does that make sense? But submission is understanding where is my place. And how do I yield myself to my God-given role so that I can become for those I love what only I can become? See, did you understand that Jesus submitted himself to you? Have you ever thought about that? Paul said in Philippians, the second chapter, he said, Now therefore let this mindset or this attitude of heart be in you that was in Jesus Christ, who, being equal with God, did not consider it robbery to be called equal. 
So when we talk about submission, you have to understand that we're not talking about an equality issue. So submission in the Bible is not someone's better, someone's lesser. Because in Christ, we are all equal. But it says submission is equal to humility. And it says that Christ, who knew he was God and knew he was equal and knew that he was the Lamb of God that would be slain from the foundation of the world, he submitted or humbled himself to what only he could be and took on the form of a servant and came in the likeness of sinful flesh and humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death at the cross. And in that type of submission and humility, it says, and God exalted him. And gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Christ Jesus every knee should bow, both of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. So see, what submission is, is I have to understand, and I'll just, and we'll pick up some of this as what we're going to get on Wednesday, right? Because how do you do family well? You got to know what, pa- what place you roll, right? Because see, I have to submit as husband, I submit myself to my wife because I, only I, can be her husband no one else can so only I get the privilege of loving her like Christ loved the church only I get the privilege of giving of myself to her like no one else can give of themselves to her only I get the privilege of being the sacrificial servant that gets to put himself last and be the initiator of all good things only I get to do that and when I submit myself to the role of husband Right, I'm being spirit-filled. See, right now, I get to submit myself to the role of teacher to you. Right? Because God has given me a role in his body, in his church. He says, Brad, and he's shown it over the years. I want you to teach. I want you to show the people, my people, things from my word. But when I yield myself to that and say, Lord, then I trust you, then I get to be for you what only I can be for you in this moment. And you get to receive from what God has put on the inside. But see, you have that too. That's why it's important that you understand what the will of God is for your life. Because the will of God is that you are yielded to your rightful position. Is that you're yielded and submitted to one another by being for your brother, for your sister, what only God created you to be. I mean, go ahead and keep playing, brother. You bet. And the the team can come up. I see our time is there. So the school of ministry team can come up, if you will. Does that make sense? So being spirit-filled or being filled with the spirit is you're worshipful, you're thankful, and you're submissive. You know, if you're here today and you've never yielded your life principally to Christ as Savior, it all begins there. It all begins by yielding yourself to the one who gave his life for you. Right? I, I like to say it like this, that following Jesus is as easy as A, B, and C is A, you must admit that you need a Savior. You must accept the fact that you cannot save yourself. You're not good enough, strong enough, righteous enough, perfect enough on your own. When we lived in Canada, I met a man who told me, he says, I'm a a humanist and I'm my own God. And I said, oh, cool. How's that going for you since I'm here to evict you from your apartment? (laughs) Right? But then we had a conversation. I said, so if you're your own God, you get to make your own rules. He says, that's correct. I said, then cool. I said, how are you at keeping the rules you made? And he chuckled and said, well, not very good. I said, now listen to that. You just told me that you get to be your own God, that you get to make your own rules, and you can't keep the rules you make. That should let you know that you can't save yourself. So you have to admit that and say, Lord, I need you. I must have a Savior. Then B, you believe. What do you believe? You believe what Jesus said about himself. Jesus said, I am God. I am the Savior. I am the sacrifice. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you believe that. You believe that when he died on the cross, and this is important, listen to me, he didn't die for you. He died as you. It's a big difference. 
He died as you on the cross. He became your sin. He became your mistakes. He became everything wrong about who you were. He became that and took it away from you and destroyed it. And then he rose again from the dead. You got to believe that too. And he's alive and he's a well and he's living and dwelling here in the earth in these people that sit around you. Amen. And then C, simply you just confess him as Savior and Lord. That's it. That's how all of this begins. So if you're here today and you've never done that, these people are going to pray with you. Amen. If you're here today and you've never been baptized in the Spirit, you've never had the Holy Spirit come upon you and empower your life for service, that's for you today too. Remember the verse we shared earlier where Jesus said that if you being an earthly father would give good things to your children, how much more will he also give you the Holy Spirit if you simply ask him to? Amen. So if you'd like the baptism of the Spirit today, just come up here. They're going to lead you in the asking of the Spirit. Amen. Does that sound good? So Lord, we love you so much. We're so grateful, so thankful. Father, I just speak over the people here today. And Lord God, just uh, help them respond in Jesus' name. So if you're here today and that's you at all, you'd like to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, come up here and just stand with somebody. If you'd like to receive the baptism of the Spirit, come on up and stand with somebody, if you will. Just before we go any further, anybody want to take me up on those two offers? Eternal life or the power of the Spirit? Amen. Anybody at all? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Remember, God will never force himself upon anyone. Amen. Well, praise God, no one's responding. So I'm just going to assume you're good. Amen. Hallelujah. But if you'd like prayer for anything, as they said before, if you've got something to celebrate, come on up. If you've got something that you'd like prayer for, come on up. Amen. If you'd like to, to be prayed for for healing, come on up. Amen. Anybody at all? Hallelujah. Come on, sister. Come on. Amen. You know, don't be shy of this kind of stuff. Come on up. Amen again. God will never force himself upon you at all. Amen. I'm going to say this. I'm sorry, Ben. This is shocking. But remember, God is not a rapist. He does not force himself upon people to love them. He only endeavors to woo your heart. It's all he endeavors to do and to give you an invitation. Amen. Praise God. Well, come on up, Pastor Ben, whatever you want to do.